0: That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. In
1: 1973, the New York City Police Department created a hostage negotiation team. It's not up against the gun. It's up against the man's mind. When you're defusing a human bomb, it's the same as when you're taking apart a real bomb. If you skip a step, Mm it's going to blow up right in your face. Talk to Me tells the high-stakes true story of the world's first hostage negotiation team. It changed policing forever. Talk to Me. You know, I gotta tell you, I have so many garbage apps on my phone, I never know where to look for stuff. And recently, I decided to clean house. All the junk and clutter gone. This leaves me with my most cherished apps. You know... The ones that can do it all, like my live one app, music, events, news, podcasts, comedy. Oh, and actual musical stations curated by humans, not those robots hanging out on Bezos's yacht. All this on one tiny little place on my phone. I've become such a fan of the app. We here at the Adam Carolla Show will give you three months free. Jump on to liveone.com forward slash Corolla to lock in your deal today. And with inflation at an all-time high, this is a huge savings. Liveone.com forward slash Corolla for three months plus for free. No ads. Hey
2: guys, we have an exciting car cast. Uh, another one from this week. We've got our good friend Gordon McCall joining us. He's going to tell us all about the MotorLux event, which was formerly the Jet Center and the Quail, and his background and how he got into all of this stuff during Monterey Car Week. Before we get started, here's GEICO.
1: Do you own, do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know it's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Geico.com. <laughs>
2: Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. D'Andrea. Uh no Adam Kroehler Yeah, he's. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. He's off filming something, I think. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna get along without without him. We're gonna welcome our guest Gordon McCall from uh, the Quail Events, the Jet Center Events, and a uh, number of other things. Uh, yeah, we can uh, get into a few other things. I don't know if you guys have um, heard about this event, but. Uh, Uh, Grid Life is doing an event at Lime Rock. It's uh, the Circuit Legends at Lime Rock. It is – it's going to be kind of a cool event. So unfortunately, it's happening the same time that Monterey Car Week is happening. So we won't be able to get out there, uh, out to Lime Rock. But they asked to send a car. Uh, They were asking for a car of 1985 or newer. So we – I kind of walk through the collection over here to figure out what would be a good car, and I think would be interesting if you guys are out there and you haven't seen this car yet. We're going to send Paul Newman's nineteen eighty nine Oldsmobile Cutlass. It's the, I believe it's the V six car with the Pepsi livery on it um, that he. Pretty sure he's got some track time up at, uh, at Lime Rock with it. So we needed something pre 85, something Newman would be fun, something uh, Lime Rock history would be interesting. So I thought that would be kind of a, a cool card to send out there. So uh, check it out, Grid Life, um, their website. Um, I think it's grid.life. I'm not quite sure, but uh, just Google Grid Life. Uh, Circuit Legends, and you'll be able to find that. I think you can buy tickets. You can go check that out. It should be a cool event. I wish we could make it, but there's just – especially around this time of year, there gets to be so many different events going on that it's tough to to get to them all. That's the website? Grid.life? All right. Yeah, that's the website. Uh, yeah, it should be kind of interesting. And then this past weekend, I went over to the Hot Wheels Legends Tour, and uh, you guys have heard about this stuff before. They, they – They kind of go around the country and in some cases around the world and a bunch of people show up with their cool cars, these uh, cars that they've built uh, and then they get judged with the hope of the winner would basically get their car made into a Hot Wheels car which is always kind of cool. Uh, Adam and I have judged a few of these. Um, you'll see Leno's on it quite a bit. He usually is part of the finale episode. Uh, we did it with him at, at, at SEMA a couple of years ago as well. We went out to the headquarters here in El Segundo and, and judged it a few times. And uh, During the Pandemic stuff, I think we hosted – maybe it was the semi finale leading up to Leno's. Um, so we picked like the top eight cars. Uh, Adam and I judged that hosted the live stream. But it's a cool event to go to. So they're back here at the Mattel headquarters in El Segundo near LAX. And it it, it pulls a crowd. It's a cool event. There must have been 300 cars – and I think they were expecting upwards of 10,000 people. And there's some, there's some really over the top cars. There's some that are, that are a little less over the top. There's some wild over the top cars with, with just kind of things that the, the idea is like, yeah, we can go build a really cool Mustang or you can set yourself up on a nice set of wheels and a drop and a nice wrap on your, you know ferrari 488 or something but this is meant to be more kind of creative home built uh, really kind of break the mold in creativity so when you scale it down to a hot wheels car what would you know what would you want to play with what would kids want to play with or adults what do you what do you want to play with as a hot wheels car uh, so there's been some pretty cool, uh, builds. Um, some completely bespoke, just somebody just in their garage, just starts getting some, some metals, some tubing, welders, and just do it that way. And some start with a, an actual car. Um, I think, uh, I forgot which car won this weekend, but, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, I think it was, maybe it was Buick. Maybe it was like a Riviera. It's like a lowrider Riviera. Um, Good paint, good style, uh, good build. But if you guys heard uh, CarCast earlier this week, we had uh, Gail Banks on and the Lockjaw car – truck, 66 Chevy truck that they built for SEMA last year. They had it out there at the event and were competing for the Hot Wheels thing. And I kind of feel like Lockjaw would be a really good – cool toy to play with but I think – I think as a Hot Wheels, it's too small. You would want like a larger scale die cast that has a hood that can open and the bed can raise so you can really kind of see all of the details and stuff for it. So that might be kind of a a, a more interesting car as a larger scale piece. Uh, it's kind of kind of what I was thinking but um, anyway, cool, cool event if you guys uh, – Get a chance to go to the Hot Wheels. Follow Hot Wheels on social media or check out the Hot Wheels Legends event. They they tour around, um, so see if you can find one uh, in in your area. It's it's worth going to. And if you do get a chance to go to SEMA, because you know SEMA, I think is doing a, a different thing. I think they open up the show to the public on Friday now, and they've got the uh, the the SEMA like car show thing—they take all the cars off the floor and bring it out to uh, to like the parking lot out front. They do a big parade. You can see that kind of the cars. But I remember last year there was a uh, a bunch of people on Friday walking around with a I don't know different color pass, purple lanyards, and it was just uh, tickets that were put out to the to the public. It's kind of a kind of a cool thing. I can understand that. The exhibitors there were probably uh, probably like a little frustrated because SEMA doesn't allow – SEMA is a trade show, right? So your booth and your presentation is mostly for your retailers, for your dealers. Um, to do a public show, you would often build your booth maybe a little differently, a little bit more product-focused, maybe with – it's something that you'd see at a good guys event instead of a SEMA event. So the intention is good, opening it up to the public. But I think the uh, the execution needs a little bit of work if they're going to be, be doing that. But I really like uh, I like the thought of – I'd love to see it be a commerce show at some point. I, I think they should – have trade there, but then eventually have people there and be able to walk around and buy parts or pre-order parts or something like that. Not necessarily like buy parts and take them home with you; they would have to carry too much in there, too much inventory. But just like walk around, talk to the people like we do at SEMA, find out what's new, and then be like, "Great, I want to, I want to order that new supercharger kit, those new autometer gauges, or something." I think that would be a, a, a pretty interesting type of show. Um. You know, let's see. Uh, we got a new, we got a new Mustang coming out. As we've uh, we we've heard um, the D- Detroit Auto Show this year is coming up in September. I guess we're gonna probably see this at the LA Auto Show in November as well. But uh, you know, the current model, the current S five hundred and fifty platform uh, uh, Mustang. Um, the new one will be the S six hundred and fifty. And uh, it'll be the seventh generation Mustang, and yeah, we're gonna get um, we're gonna get the, the gas engines one more time before we start getting into hybrids and EVs. Uh, I think we touched on this a little bit already. Probably some sort of carryover with the EcoBoost engines. Uh, I'm sure a Coyote V8. We'll see. I mean, the rumors are floating around, going, "Hey, it's gonna be almost 500 horsepower." But I kind of feel like we're almost there already. I'm not sure what they mean by almost. We've got I don't know, 450 or 460 in the GT and 480 in the, in the Mach 1. Um, so maybe the GT probably is going to be somewhere around 4, I don't know, four, 470 or 480. Um, but uh, uh, I think you probably see a carry over the 10 speed transmission as well. A couple of um, d- design changes, a little nipping and tucking here and there, but it should be. Uh, Pretty cool to see. And I'm going to imagine that this platform is going to be open to, uh, to potentially some sort of hybrid drivetrain at some point because this platform needs to last a little while and, uh, and maybe even an all wheel drive, uh, setup. Um, not sure if an all wheel drive setup would be in the high horsepower configuration or maybe just in some sort of hybrid, uh, configuration, having uh, electric motors and a gas engine motor. Although I think we saw some early, like, patent drawings of a front engine, rear wheel drive uh, Mustang, rear wheel drive from the gas engine, so conventional drive shaft and everything. But then some sort of electric motor mated to half shafts or that would go to the front wheels. And like through the oil pan, like that kind of area by the – like where a rack and pinion would be. Um, So that configuration could be kind of interesting as well. But uh, let's do this. Let's talk to uh, Gordon McCall. We'll bring Gordon in and we'll find out what's what's going on over there.
1: Well, let me tell you about Snap-on. Today's episode is brought to you by the makers and fixers of Snap-on. Yeah, I would say I'm a fixer. Probably not a maker, maybe a maker of mirth, but a fixer. God, I've used my snap-on tools and fixed so many cars and so many things around the house. Oh, they just feel better in your hand. Makers and fixers keep the world moving. You find them in factories, repair shops, roads and rails, buildings and maintenance and everywhere else. Makers and fixers are the backbone of automotive, aviation, agriculture, mining, marine and military And um, I got to tell you, I just, it's so much better to do it yourself and to feel that tool in your hand and know it's the best with Snap-on. I know some makers and fixers. Um, I'm a fixer. I got a guy named Sean. He works with me. He's a maker and a fixer. And we only use Snap-on. Makers and fixers, not just a job. It's a calling. They want to hear from you. Share your story at makersandfixers.com slash carcass and check out the makers and fixers on Instagram.
2: Uh hey Gordon.
3: How are you? <laughs> hey Matt. I'm good. You look awfully lonely in that studio. I, I, I know.
2: <laughs> they they uh, they got the studio all built up nice. It's all new cameras and stuff in here. And then um Adam uh, got called in to film something a couple <laughs> days ago and we're like I was like uh I go, you know, we get this, we get the email all the time. Like the schedule changes like every day. We get the email. and it goes, uh, Chris sent me the email. He goes, uh, Adam's got to film something on Wednesday. I go, does he know Gordon McCall is going to be on the show? And he's like, Oh <laughs> shit. I forgot. And, uh, he goes, let me, let me check. And I talked to Adam. He's like, we got to film this thing. We can't get out of it. It's, it's something kind of like got in it. real time. And, uh, and Adam's was like, you, you gotta do it. You gotta talk to Gordon McCall. We gotta find out what's going on. We've got so many questions. So we're gonna, we're gonna get into uh. a few of that. So here we are. Um, oh. you guys listening, you awesome. know the name. Uh, you've heard us talk about it a, a million times and, uh, had Gordon on, uh, many times over the years. So Gordon runs a number of events during Monterey Car Week outside of Monterey Car Week as well. So if we, if you guys don't know, he's got the Quail um, a motorcycle gathering in addition to we always just say the Quail but we always mean the, the the automotive event. Um and then the Jet Center party. So I have some questions about that and then I kind of want to step back and uh and sure. get into kind of the beginning of things. I'm seeing all this stuff. The jet center event is like, it's happening, but it's got a new name and there's an auction going on broad arrow. And like what, what's explain to us what's going on with the, with the airport stuff. Cause it seems to really
3: have changed. Well, Matt, things have changed. Uh, and, and in a really good way, quite frankly. So, uh, my wife, Molly and I started that event 30 years ago, actually 31 years ago now. And you know, um, I, just honestly, McKeel Haggerty is an old friend. Uh, I've known McKeel for a long, long time, over 20 years. Uh, as you know, Haggerty has been on somewhat of a tear when it comes to the event world. They've acquired Amelia Island. They acquired the Greenwich Concours, the California Mille, um, you know, lots of car events. And with their whole goal of saving driving, I mean, that's kind of their, obviously they're an insurance company, but that's what their, that's what their interest is. And, you know, after 30 years, we thought, how long is long enough? <laughs> yeah right you know, and, and and so uh you know they came to us we just started talking about what we could do, and sure enough they 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 stepped up and it's it's theirs now, you know they've hired us back, so we're we're still on board um they've changed the name to Motorlux, as you mentioned, and then they added a company they've invested in, the broad arrow auction group uh years ago i used to when I was running the christie's car department, I used to have a christie's auction at the jet center in conjunction with our with our MotorWorks event. It was the following night, uh, Thursday night after our traditional Wednesday event. And I'm just happy to see they're doing it again. They're doing it with a lot of cars. I don't know if you've seen the lineup, Matt. I have, yeah. It's, it's 94 cars. And, you know, they've, they're they just, they're carrying the torch forward, is whats is what they're doing. You know, um, it's not like we ran out of gas or got tired of doing it. It was just, uh, it's a long time to do anything. And it's going to be fun to, you know, see it from a, different angle now yeah and well look
2: I, I, I you would do it for 31 years but now you're still doing it they bought the event for you and then they just hired you back to continue to run it so you it seems like you're you're uh yeah well i i mean your your daily job doesn't seem to change much but maybe the stress level of, of getting that event done is is reduced a little because it's a it's a big thing
3: well yeah they are they're they're definitely running it they have a huge team it's actually been really flattering because they've uh They've said all along, like really, this was just you guys. Like, how did you? <laughs> how did <laughs> yeah. you get this? It's complicated, uh, but it's in really good hands. They've got a great team on on uh, on deck, and it's it's going really well. It's going to be a fun year there. So that's uh, in a nutshell. That's what's going on with Motor Lux at the Monterey Jet Center.
2: Okay, so Motor Lux, that particular event, is that already a sold out event? Can people still? Go to that event, and and that's still going to be Wednesday night? You can still buy tickets. Wednesday
3: night. Yep, you can still buy tickets for that event. Uh, The way they've kind of taken a page out of our playbook, which is to allow for different blocks of tickets to go out throughout the year, there are tickets available for MotorLux, and you can just catch them at MotorLux.com. And that's still going to be Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Yep. You know, we picked Wednesday night 30 years ago or 31 years ago, Matt, when people thought we were crazy. It's like, Wednesday is crickets. There's nothing going on. Well, being local, uh, I kind of knew what was coming. And now Wednesday for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, Wednesday's kind of been in the middle of everything. So it's really a wonderful kickoff opportunity to get people together. And of course, tying the aviation in um, yeah. is, is key. You know, that makes it... uh I had no idea when we innovated that concept that we were pioneering that concept of bringing aviation and automotive interests together. But it fits. It works.
2: So for us, we always saw it as as the the launch event for the week. We don't get a chance to go up to the prehistorics uh, ahead of time. We just don't it's, – it's tough to take off that much time. You'd have to kind of plan like a, a long kind of vacation week. Uh, so we kind of do like yeah. half a week. So um, we actually go up – we usually actually come in here – Wednesday morning, uh, mm-hmm. for Monterey car week, do one, one more episode of, of car cast for the week, and then drive up to the event. Uh, Oh yeah. And if we have time, we drop off our stuff at, at, uh, at the house or we just go right to your, to your event and depending on the time, but that's kind of the start for us on Wednesday is to go right to the right. event and then, um, And then you know through Sunday and ended at Pebble and then drive home. Uh, So, tell us about the auction, Broad Arrow. uh, We we know some people that have gone over there and uh, and talking to us about the cars. It it really looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is going to be at the same location, but Thursday night, or is it different location?
3: Yeah, so. Exactly, Matt. So it's Thursday night. Uh Wednesday will be utilized as a preview, which is which is something that we did in the old days with Christie's. Um, mm-hmm. but the previews actually start on Tuesday. Uh free to, to anybody that wants to come by and preview the cars. It's free up until I believe three o'clock on Wednesday when you have to have a ticket to the Motorlux event, okay. which they'll utilize as, as a as a preview as well, integrating it. What's really fun about the idea of having an auction there early in the week like that. Is that you're really catching people when they're fresh? Yeah. There's 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 no hangovers yet. There's no sunburn. <laughs> people still have. You know, yeah. The checkbook is loaded up. They're full <laughs> of energy
2: still, and, and yeah, yeah, they've got energy. Yeah, they're not, they're not, know, not and, hungover and tired.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you've seen the lineup. I mean, they've got a wonderful lineup of diverse. I mean, it's it's major over the top stuff, and it's uh, affordable stuff. So. I think they've done a wonderful job putting the uh, putting the selection together, and as you'd mentioned, it's a group of well-known specialists mm-hmm. in the auction arena that have joined together to form this company, um, along with Haggerty. And uh, this is their inaugural sale. This is the first one they've done. So I, here we go. I I think I.
2: I think they're doing it right. I think they're going with a bang. They're they're opening this thing pretty big. Like they've got a pretty good outreach. So I'm expecting it to do well. And I think being able to to do the Wednesday night uh event, the Jet Center event as as part of the preview, I think is gonna make a difference as well. I, I'm curious to see what if, if we go back and look at the the data on this, how many mm-hmm. people show up Wednesday night and then try to get a, a, a bitters pass by, by time Thursday night rolls around. So if I was uh, a yeah. broad arrow, I'd be walking around with your d'urves cherry and a bitter application <laughs> and, and, and during that event to just go, uh, you know, hey, here you go. Have a cocktail and have an application. Yeah. I'll get you a bitter pass for tomorrow. You know, let's, uh,
3: yeah, let's Here's, get a, you, here's a credit application. That's right. Yeah. Let's get you vetted
2: right away. <laughs> My advice is showing. Yeah, yeah. Show up to the Jet Center party <laughs> with your accountant or your lawyer because uh, you're going to want to, you know. <laughs> matter of fact, just bring yeah. your financials with you
3: <laughs> so you can get your your application. Well, you know the the demo is uh, is is right on the money. You know, we've over the years, it's amazing to me, Matt, how many people, how many guests of uh, of the event actually commit to either purchasing aircraft or upgrading their aircraft or yeah. signing up for a charter company. Um, you know, it's, uh, I've always argued and not very, not very hard argument that it's everybody's best customer that shows up there. You know, it's, it's, it's a great group of people, very like-minded, very enthusiastic. We all share the passion for, for cars and planes and motorcycles and mm-hmm. stuff that moves us, you know? Yeah, it's worked. So I anticipate it'll continue to.
2: All right. So tell us, um, so the quail, this is, this is the. Look, it's the greatest event at, uh, at Monterey Car Week. It always has been, and we always look forward to it. Um, I, as you know, you've heard us say this before, um, of all the cars that Adam races, he literally picks the car to race based on the racing schedule so we can go to the quail. If there's racing during <laughs> the day on Friday, we're not bringing that car. So you got to bring something else. Yeah. Now, what usually happens is is we go out to the track Friday morning, there's either like a practice or a, or like a qualifying session, and then we wheels up and get there to the quail, after, a little after it opens. We we get there, the right. timing's right. We get there just in time to catch the last few guys handing out champagne at the, at the, at the main entrance. Cause if you're like a half hour too late, those guys are gone. They're totally out of champagne. You got to nail that guy. There's like the, the guys that are there are going, Hey, welcome to the quail. And they stand there when they give you the champagne. That's the perfect time to show up. You don't want to be the first one. You're like 10 minutes right. in, 15 minutes in. Right. That's the perfect timing for it. That's so, funny. uh, the quail event is – now, this is still your event. We said you also do the motorcycle event there. So when is the motorcycle event?
3: What, what time of year is that? It's in May. And and just to, just to be clear, uh, so it's the Peninsula Hotels that owns these events. Um, right. And they're and run by the Peninsula Signature Events uh, Office uh, under the direction of Courtney Ferenti. And they do, Matt, they do an amazing job. They're there year-round. It's an office full of very talented people. Both events are very complicated, but I have to say, and I think you would agree, uh, they're run spectacularly well. I'm the car guy and the bike guy. Now, granted, I, I'm the you know co-founder of these events. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea came out of my e-brain, um, and I make sure that there's a, a great diversity of of cars to look at. And in, in May, motorcycles. You know, we have 300 yeah. some odd motorcycles. Over 200 cars in August, and uh, diversity has always been the key behind that show. Uh, you never know yep. what you're going to see. For sure. Uh, yep.
2: So those of you guys that are listening, you're going to get a hear a little bit of noise in the background. That's because Gordon's at an airport, right? You're at the or you're at an airport.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm at uh, our Monterey Motorsport Park, which I developed a few years ago with some friends, and occasionally. Uh, we get an airplane or so. Sometimes We're adjacent that, to the. Motor. No,
2: we get, I can hear it in the headphones uh, occasionally. You just get a, a, an airplane or something. But uh,
3: and I was suggested to wear headphones, but I don't have
2: headphones for this computer. I'm that's sorry. that's all right. Uh, it's it's fine. So uh, the theme this year for for the Quell, and I know there's a couple of things that are going on, but um, I know you kind of love the the unexpected and some of the wacky. So there's always a little bit of that that you curate. But tell us what we can expect to see at the Quail this year.
3: Sure. Well, as I had mentioned, Matt, a couple hundred cars, uh, 205 actually, 206, I think was our final count. Um, You know, we're allowing for room for people. Uh, You know, we picked that up last year after the whole pandemic nightmare of spreading things out and having maybe a little more room. Uh, between people, um, although that is an event that's never been accused of being too crowded. Yeah. You know, it's a limited capacity event, uh, as you'd mentioned. But this year we're featuring, you know, it's the 100th anniversary of Le Mans. And so virtually every event in the world is honoring 100 years at Le Mans. The way we're doing it, just to be a little different, is we're focusing on Jaguar's involvement in Le Mans, which is pretty iconic between the C-types, the D-types, the the GTP car. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of Jaguar history at Le Mans. So, We've put together a pretty fun group of Jaguars that, uh, you know, they've all not necessarily run at Le Mans, but they've run in the spirit of Le Mans. Uh, so we've got a great category of cars there. It's also the 50th anniversary of BMW's M division. And so, you know, that's been celebrated. I know Goodwood just did a huge celebration. Uh, we won't have cars on skewers in front of the mansion. <laughs> like yeah. It's, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but we've got some amazing uh M Division BMWs coming. And then, you know, to keep it whimsical, which I think is important, um, we have to make sure there's no starch in the collars out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a it's a real lifestyle event, uh, really centered and geared around the food and uh beverage experience and hospitality experience that the Peninsula Hotels are so famous for. But we've got a category and we're calling it all things mini. And that's just an incredible group of mini Coopers. And I think we'd all agree. Man, they're diverse. Pickup trucks, station wagons, rally cars. I mean, it's, uh, uh, and they're pretty cool, actually. They've got a pretty impressive power to weight ratio. (laughs) I mean, they won Monaco Monaco rally. You know, they're they're pretty impressive cars. So, uh, and then along with our traditional classes, you know, we've got pre-war sports and racing, sports and racing category, post-war, you know, the usual, uh, uh, you know, cast of uh, characters as far as unique cars will be there as well.
2: Yeah, it's uh and then in addition to that, those are the cars that are in the infield if you will and kind of showing off. But then some of the manufacturer displays, I, I guess that's what we're calling uh-huh. them, right? Like some of the manufacturer displays are are there and 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 yeah, you know, we Adam and I were talking about how how goodwood the hill climb has sort of become the launch event for for some new vehicles and prototype vehicles and 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 Things you've heard about you haven't seen yet, but instead of just launching it at an auto show under the lights indoors, they're running it up a hill, right? So, uh right. but to be able to uh, to to say the Quail, I think, is up there with that that experience. Uh, some of the the cars that are brought out there, um I know that uh, we're on schedule to be uh, to be meeting with Gordon Murray. He's going to be out there with his yeah. T fifty and I think the T thirty three. Uh yep. uh. yep. Not not necessarily a guy who does a lot of interviews, but uh, uh we're gonna be able to sit down with him and, and chat with him a little bit. So uh post Monterey Car Week we should be coming home with a oh, Gordon great. Murray interview uh that we're pretty excited about. And I can't wait to see that car. But I mean all of the displays um uh uh Kona zeg and Bentley and Lamborghini and Singer and and uh Pagani and It's just, it's just an incredible,
3: uh, keep going. going. (laughs) Yeah, just an
2: incredible (laughs) gathering of of cars out there. Um, I think, I think it was last year we, we, we chatted a few times with, uh, with Christian von Konensack. Now we had had him on the podcast. He zoomed in with us like you are here. And then we, we followed up with, uh, with an in person video. And uh, it's just, just a, those are the type of of guys you, you want to be able to, to have a conversation with just just so fascinated uh, about their thought process everything from the engineering and the design but but just where they're thinking a year from now 10 years from now it's just like how they got influenced to 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 get to where they are just some really fascinating story so uh oh i know and and i think the quail caters to that. It gives us all the, the the people that can go the, the ability to, you know, spend a few minutes with, with a lot of these people without being As you said, limited by people. So you're not completely overwhelmed with, you know, a publicist going, all right, you're next. You get, you know, 90 seconds to, you know, to take a picture and say hi and ask two questions, get two punchline, two hits in there. Like you can, you can take a few minutes and, and, and talk to a few people and you can always like wander off and grab yourself some, uh, some food and wine and realize you're sitting at the table with Dario Franchini or Marino or somebody like that. I'd be mean, like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. That's since Goodwood or last year or whatever. And uh, it's, uh, it's a good place to connect
3: with them as well. Uh, so true, Matt. You know, uh, to that point, just briefly, um, you know, I've always coined it as it's a place where you can finish a conversation that you start, you know, and and a lot of car shows are, are not like that. You kind of, you know, you, you feel like you're running through the day with ABD. You know, you're just re- kind of ricocheting. Hi, how are you? Good to see you. you know, I got to go over here. I got to go there. I got you know limited time. Blah blah blah. Quail's very relaxed, very uh, you know on your pace. It's a lot to take in in a day. We have 19 unveilings going on this year. Yeah. So all those companies that you mentioned, in addition to a few more, and this this, this part always cracks me up, Matt. So you you named off um, all of the exotics. You know the, the Pagani and Bugatti and Koenigsegg, and you know there's always, there's yeah. individuals behind all these things. Yeah, fascinating people. A lot of languages being spoken, and then you've got Texan John Hennessy right in the middle of it. Yeah, sure. And he's launching his uh, his new version of uh, of his super hypercar, supercar, whatever. uh, Yeah, it's Venom F Five. Venom F Five, exactly. He's he's debuting, I believe, the Roadster version of that, or the Mm -hmm. it's a version of it. At any rate, um, and they're all people you can talk to, like you said, you know, and they're all happy to talk about. These are all huge thinkers. Oh yeah. my gosh. You know, just huge thinkers. And they're all there, you know, very approachable.
2: So speaking of that, let's back up a little bit. How do you get into doing this? So before, as you said, uh, 1992, you started this. It's been, I guess, going on 31 years. What, what kind of led to this? What were you doing before you were creating these amazing events?
3: So, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I, I, I don't get asked it often because I've just been kind of synonymous in the motorcycle and car world my whole life. But I think being on the Monterey Peninsula, growing up on the Monterey Peninsula with Laguna Seca Raceway in our backyard, literally had a lot to do with it. Um, I think also the times, you know, I look back at the sixties and think, Parents wouldn't drop their kid off at a racetrack and tell them to be back by dark. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't happen, you know. And so I, I, I feel I'm somewhat of a product of that era, which is I was fairly free spirited. I was a responsible kid. I never gave my parents a reason to worry about me, and I never got in trouble. Um, but I explored. You know, I was a big explorer. I spent a lot of time unattended time at Laguna Seca. Mm-hmm. You know, the Can Am days, the Trans Am. You know, I was a kid out there taking it all in. Uh, all of that, Matt, had an influence on me. It really did carve out who, who I've ended up being in this crazy car world. Um, I, You know, I can definitely put my finger on that. Um, I also came from, my mom was amazing. Um, lost her years ago, but just an amazing gal. Again, I, this might have been a generational thing. I was probably the best ashtray cleaner in the country <laughs> because her era was all about cocktail parties. I mean, that's what, that's what adults did back then. They had cocktail parties, not even dinner parties per se. I mean, that happened occasionally, but it wasn't unusual to have 40 people in our house, you know, and I'm emptying ashtrays like crazy and, you know, taking cigarette butts out of the champagne flutes and all the rest (laughs) of this. I, I, and my wife, Molly too, she had her mom who's still with us uh, very much like that as well. You know, she's 90 something now and Um, they were entertainers. And so being around people that appreciated the concept of of socializing, not social climbing, but socializing, um, it was important to them. And as kids, we absorbed all that. And so it was kind of a natural thing to find an excuse to bring people together because that's really what all of this comes down to is people. You know, we have a shared interest in equipment, machinery, but I think the interest goes way beyond that. You know, we all share a certain DNA in this passion we've got for cars and motorcycles and planes.
2: You know, I I, I love the story. I love the example. You basically, as a kid, grew up on the track and at cocktail parties, and then you took the two things, <laughs> right? You took automotive and socializing <laughs> in this environment, and then and then it's funny because then you ended up creating the greatest cocktail party in the world, right? The Quail event and, and the Jensener <laughs> events are like the two best cocktail parties. Now you had to throw some food in at some
3: point. All right.
2: You had to throw some, food, throw in, some food
3: in, uh, but that's
2: exactly <laughs> what it is.
3: That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's, it's funny actually to reminisce on that because, you know, we all uh, so often, and I think I've talked about this with you and Adam in the past. So often we get our interest in cars from a dad or, or a grandfather or, you know, the person that's out. Tinkering in the garage, right? Yeah, and that that wasn't the case with me. You know, I lost my dad when I was eight, so it wasn't it wasn't my dad pushing me into an interest that he had. Uh, instead, it was a mom that that knew I loved things like corgi toys and building models. And she always made sure come birthday or holidays that, you know, there was a, a set of corgi toys under the Christmas tree or a, a Revell model to build. Mm-hmm. And that, that really, you know, school was something I enjoyed. I was actually pretty good at it, but it wasn't the end result for me. You know, sports and cars were really what I cared cared about the most, and I knew I had to get good grades in order to pursue both. So uh, it's worked out. You know, um,
2: growing up as a kid around the racetrack, being so accessible to Laguna Seca, were were there fantasies of being a racing car driver
3: at some point? Maybe as a kid, but uh, what happened there? Yeah, no, absolutely. That fuse was lit early. I was fascinated. You know, I'd look at race car drivers, the Mark Donahue's, the Jim Halls, the Danny Holmes, all these guys that were John Morton, all the guys that were big back then. Mm -hmm. I looked at them and, you know, they were kind of larger than life figures to me, but at the same time, I realized these guys are just people. They're just people. Yeah. You know, they're just really good at what they do, but they're people. And so you know, I started, my first car, as you know, was a 510, and I started autocrossing that car right away. You know, I was 16-year-old at Salinas Airport, which is where James Dean was heading in his 550 before he crashed and died. But uh, Salinas had really robust autocrossing. And so I started autocrossing at 16 years old, and that led to getting an SCCA license, and I was solo one And, you know, with Sears Point and Laguna so close, um, why not do it, you know? Um, yeah. And now I've gotten back into it, you know? I'm, now I'm vintage racing. So... um Yeah. And it's something, it is something, as I think Adam discovered, you know, you can pick it up later in life. It doesn't have to be something. I mean, you look at the world champions, they were all racing when they were three years old, you know, they were all in go-karts back then. Yeah. But, you know, you can, you can be later in your life and, and go to a driving school, get the bug and pick up a vintage car and go out and have some fun. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. When when did you realize that all of the
2: cars that you were seeing at the track as a kid could turn into a business one day? What I mean by that is is like the collectability of these cars because you spent some time as a car specialist as well. We were talking about car auctions. You were at Christie's, I believe Bonham's, Barrett-Jackson. You had experience at all of these auction houses uh, many years ago. At some point, you have to realize, hey, as a kid, these Can Am cars that were getting thrashed and and, and right. in some cases discarded, you're like, these are pretty special <laughs> now. They were they were special then, but yeah. for a different reason, right? Because people were winning and there was yeah. racing, and now it, you're, you're you're kind of surrounded by these people that have acquired these cars for, in many cases, a lot of money.
3: A lot of money. Yeah. Well, and you know, to that, uh, to that point, and it's a good one, Matt, I actually backed my way into it, quite frankly, okay. as far as that goes. I, I had a career in the restoration world, in the mechanical world. My formal training was mechanical. I had a Ferrari repair shop in Monterey for years. This was before I got into the auction world. That's actually how I was recruited by Christie's was through mm-hmm. my restoration shop. I thought, this guy knows a little something about, let's get him. Anyway, that's kind of a long story. But um, the appreciation that I had for those cars started with the mechanical appreciation. I will never forget seeing the Reynolds aluminum-sponsored McLarens that were running at Laguna in the late 60s and early 70s, just being fascinated by the aerodynamics, the wings. I mean, Jim Hall and that mm-hmm. whole chaparral with the adjustable wing. And I was fascinated from a mechanical angle. Then that Evolved into oh, these things are actually worth something. So you know, I started buying and fixing up various you know cars of interest, and and that kind of led the way to wherever it is I've ended up. You know, it's it's all it's all related. You know, it's funny.
2: I, I mean, look, I mean, you've then you've turned it into these incredible events, these incredible gatherings. But you know, we've been talking about monterey car week you know for us we've been talking about it you know 10 12 13 years but you know like you said you've been involved since you know 30 years ago what was the landscape of of the quail and you know laguna seca the rolex historics like what did it what did it look like i don't know maybe 30 or 20 years ago versus you know
3: the way it looks today well i can tell you what it looked like 50 years ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm dating myself here, but, uh, you know, it's it, it, obviously you know, the races out at the Del Monte Forest are what started the whole thing. So it's racers that started this whole car week, technically. Uh, that evolved into the Pebble Beach Concours, which is, you know, obviously the, the granddaddy of them all or whatever, you know, whatever term you'd like to use for mm-hmm. it. It is an amazing concours. Um, th- they've evolved as far, I mean, without getting too into the weeds of a description, it's a business now, it's an industry now, and it wasn't back then. Right. It was 100% passion-driven. Guys like Bill Hera didn't own the cars he owned because of what they were worth or what they were going to be worth. He owned them because he loved them, and he built a museum because he loved the cars. Same can be said for people like J.B. Nethercutt, uh, the people that were kind of leading the way in that, in that world. Uh, vintage racing, when I look back at Steve Earle's first vintage race, uh, back what it was referred to then as the historics at Laguna Seca, 1974 was the first year. George Dyer showed up with the family GTO behind a Ford station wagon on an open trailer. You know, a GTO was not a $70 million car back then. You know, and yeah. I think if there's a difference, I'm not saying passion has gone away. It hasn't. It's still very much driven by that. But value is, is a word that has come into play these last few years that can't be denied. The auction companies, just the fact that people look at these cars on the track and can't believe that someone's racing a Le Mans winning D-type Jaguar that's you know an eight-figure car, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, that's changed the most in yeah. my mind. Yeah,
2: okay. But you know, you, going from, let's say, passion or an enthusiast thing to a business- I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that was probably a necessity to keep all of this alive. You know, you know, $7,000 cars that become $70 million cars, there has to be a business around it. You just can't be like a really awesome car guy and be around $70 million cars. There's got to be an infrastructure that makes that happen. And, and I I mean, we want to make it fun. We want to, Make it accessible to, to as many people as possible that want to experience this. And yep. I think Monterey Car Week has it, how it's evolved into a number of different events, being at the track and the, you know, Pebble Beach and, you know, Quail and Jet Center and, you know, mm-hmm. the exotic shows. And <laughs> yeah, and, you know, some of the events are, are, Limited on their attendance and tickets are hard to get to. Some are expensive, but not everything is, you know. And no, and
3: you're making a really good point, man. You know, you a can really drive good. around
2: town and see some really cool stuff. You can sit out front the Portola Hotel and see an amazing collection of cars from from RM. Like you can just fanboy at yeah. the gate there. Uh, I would always say, I think Adam would agree. I think he's been saying this for years. Is an inexpensive ticket and the time of your lifetime is go to the track, go to Laguna Seca, yeah. you know whatever it is, thirty-five bucks, fifty bucks, whatever. Like save, save for that. Go to the track and and see all of this because the track is everything is basically a pit pass. So you can walk around the paddock and see every single car on the track yeah. racing, and then the, the people working on them. And I, I think as long as the whole Monterey Car Week is still accessible. To everybody, you know, whether you have know somebody or, you know, limited funds, I I think it's that. Now, the business side that's a little tough is, you know, is the all the hotels are booked and it's supply and demand and everything's very expensive, but there's some camping options and there's just some stay out of town, drive into the track Saturday morning and then leave town Saturday night and don't even stay in town with the hotels and all that. I admit that that's a little tough to. Financially, that's a tough pill to swallow. But
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, man. And I think it boils down to you just have to plan. You know, if if you plan far enough in ahead, uh, uh, you know, I've I've long believed the barrier of entry for the collectible car world is uh, is is somewhat of a. I think with the media and all the auction reports and all the rest of it, there's a bit of a misnomer there that it's it's unattainable you know, because all you have to do is look at Craigslist Mm -hmm. and, you know, for not a lot of money, you can buy a car that needs a lot of help. But if you've got interest in learning teaching yourself, learning from others, et cetera, you can get into it. Motorcycles, even more so, you know, you can buy a sixties Triumph Bonneville. And if, if you want to, and have the, you know, ability, you could restore that bike into something a lot better than what it was when you bought it for, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah. But I think to your point, Camping, I think, is one of the best kept secrets. Laguna Seca has campsites, and for for not a lot of money, you can mm-hmm. take a campsite, show up, completely immerse yourself in the Monterey Car Week. Be there for everything. Like you said, there's a lot of free events. There's uh, there's a lot going on. If you just go to downtown anywhere, Carmel, yeah. Pacific Grove, Monterey, go to go to downtown. You're going to see some fun stuff. You can do all of that on a shoestring, you know. What you can't really do on a shoestring anymore is vintage race a car. Yeah, I just went and bought gas 510, 22 bucks a gallon for one twelve leaded. <laughs> That's an okay. Oh yeah. Oh smokes. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's you know it, it's all relative. And if you plan, you know, if you last minute it, you may have to stay in your car. But if you plan, you can you can do Monterey Car Week on a shoestring. There's no doubt about it, and, yeah. and have a wonderful experience.
2: Yep. All right. We're going to see you at the track on Saturday or any time over the weekend. Over time during. Are you racing?
3: I'm not racing. I'm racing in October. The 510 got accepted into the Velocity. Velocity, yes. So there's a big. There's a big B-Sedan group uh, running. I think 12 of the 32 cars are 510s. The rest are GTVs and BMWs. So I'm honored to be accepted, and that'll be the debut for me bringing my old race car back out on the track.
2: That'll be exciting. I think we're going as well. I think we're bringing the different drummer 510 for that same class. So, uh you get to go head to head with uh, with with Adam in that one, uh, but don't worry, oh, yeah. Troy Ormish <laughs> is going to kick the shit out of everyone out there, so it's fine. <laughs> but uh, you'll have a great yeah. time out there, um, yep. uh, Gordon. We've got to wrap it up, but thanks so much. I really okay. appreciate it. Uh Motorlux is the is the new event. You can get tickets to that, as we said, get tickets to yep. uh, to the track as as well. Um, I'm sure you'll see uh, uh, Gordon at the track, or you see him at the uh, Jet Center event, the MotorLux events. Um, definitely say hi. You can't miss him. He's the tallest guy there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the quail on. It, yeah. And All the right, quail. Man. Let's see how the quail. On. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Until next time, keep the air and the spare, in the bag, in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.
1: You know, I gotta tell you, I have so many garbage apps on my phone, I never know where to look for stuff. And recently, I decided to clean house. All the junk and clutter gone. This leaves me with my most cherished apps. You know, the ones that can do it all. Like my Live One app. Music, events, news, podcasts, comedy. Oh, and actual musical stations curated by humans. Not those robots. Hanging out on Bezos's yacht. All this on one tiny little place on my phone. I've become such a fan of the app, we here at the Adam Corolla Show will give you three months free. Jump on to liveone.com forward slash Carolla to lock in your deal today. And with inflation at an all-time high, this is a huge savings. Liveone.com forward slash Carolla for three months plus for free. No ads. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know it's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com.